Another episode of Sports and Songs podcast. We're on season four, episode number 39 tonight. It's the songs edition. Andy, uh, we've never done a Queensryche album on the four years we've been doing this. No. Special guests on tonight for the show to go through Operation Mindcrime. Yes. Mindcrime, the 1988 album, uh, concept album, if you will. We're going to do the album review for our music episode tonight, our songs edition if you will. And we, what we've got with us is Queens of the Reich, members of the tribute band with us. Uh, Tom, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, ship it over to you, Tom, and do some introductions as uh, we're going to get the interview with the three folks from the band. There's five in the band, but we're going to get their thoughts on this album and also talk about uh, six, six in the band. Yeah. And we'll get their thoughts on the songs as we go. And talk about their uh, mm-hmm. their tribute band. Uh, go ahead, Tom. Okay, um, my name's uh, Tom Oga. I'm the bass player, and then we have uh, Beth Brennan, who is uh, our vocalist, and then we have um, Mark Angie, who is the um, one of the lead guitar players. Uh, Johnny Ramirez this is a drummer. And then Aaron Schmidt is our other guitar player, and Dale Schultz is our keyboard um, vocalist. Awesome, awesome. And now, how long have you guys been around as a group? You're fairly new, right? Yeah. Yes, we are. So my first question is: yeah, uh, How many, uh, how many Queensrÿche tribute bands are out there? You know, number one in the Twin Cities area, and number two nationwide. I have not seen anyone out there uh is this a newer kind of a newer gig i can answer that yeah. it is a newer uh, um i it, it is a newer gig there is another band out there called queen of the reich just like we are queen of the reich except they are queens of the reich plural and there's like two female singers but they're not in minnesota and i'm not even sure if they're still together anymore um and then there was one other one but i i we may perchance be the only live one out there um, right now, definitely in the Twin Cities area, but potentially um, countrywide as well. And I will tell you, my research extends as far as Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. I do think, yeah, I do think there's another one or two floating around, but it's it's definitely a, a rarity. That is awesome. That is uh, awesome. Um, Andy had brought it up to me to say, let's get these guys on the show and do an album. And I thought my first my first question was, I don't think there's any um, tribute bands out there that that do Queensrÿche, and and the question then is why not? Uh, so this is awesome. We're happy to have you on the show, and so what we'll do is we'll go through the album review first of Operation Mindcrime, and I'd like to get your thoughts on the playlist as we go through the songs of, of each one of you three that are on here the show tonight. Uh, what your thoughts are about that? Let me bring up the album cover here. Very good one. It's it's considered by many to be a masterpiece. I mean, um, you know, seriously, huge. Here, let's see. I got it. Well, you can keep our logo up there. That's totally cool. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a great logo. It is a great logo, by the way. I wanted to get I want to get into more of that later too, as far as the design okay. and everything. It's pretty. It's pretty awesome. But we have here some we go. Kudos to hand out for that. Okay. Oh yes, it is very slick. So Operation Mindcrime is the third studio album by American heavy metal band Queensrÿche, originally originally released May of 1988. 
So this album is a concept album with a rock opera and a rock opera. It's story. The story follows Nikki, a drug addict who becomes disillusioned with the corrupt society of his time and reluctantly in, becomes involved with the revolutionary group as an assassin of political leaders. And this was Queensryche's breakthrough album, uh, reaching number 50 on the Billboard 200, while its singles Eyes of a Stranger and I Don't Believe in Love served as the band's first charting hits in the U.S. This album went on to be certified platinum. It came out 1988, uh, recorded in studios in Pennsylvania and Quebec, Canada. Now, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, the, the idea for the album, of course, came from Jeff Tate after he moved to Montreal, Canada, and was listening to loose talk of the members of a, a militant Quebec separatist movement who had grown friendly with him. And a lot of interesting things here. Now, this reminds me, this album is, is really more of a uh, a Brave New World, kind of a, a Orwell 1984, uh, which seems really old and kind of out there, but we seem to be um, kind of living it. Uh, in today's society, it's so bizarre how close and how much these guys were uh, prophets, if you will, uh, prophesying about things that are coming down the road. And here we are, 2023, and this is, I was on YouTube today just reading the comments about how many current comments are out on these songs of people saying very, very close to what we're actually living with uh, playing out in real time. But this is really called a masterpiece. It's the magnum opus. LA Weekly ranked this on the top 20 hair metal albums of all time at number 14. And Classic Rock named it among the 10 essential progressive metal albums. And so... I know each of these songs here has meaning and a story behind it. And I'd like to get your thoughts. Andy, feel free to chime in as well, but yep. let's go through the, the track listing. Song one, and this goes in order uh, as well for the story. Song one is I Remember Now. Any thoughts on that? It's only a minute, 17 seconds, but uh, <laughs> who wants to go first? Beth, do you want to cover that one? Well, that's really easy because there's not much there. It's, you know, it, it's it's more of the um, talking about he, he's in a dream fugue and it's sort of like the end of the story and then going back to the beginning. So it's not not really a song. But if we ever cover the album cover to cover, we'll probably have to have that in there, even though there's not a lot of yeah. quote unquote music to it. Um, but it sort of sets the stage as he's waking up in probably the um, puzzle house and saying that he remembers the entire uh, um, all of the happenings uh, of the rest of the album and then he goes back and plays it basically his memories so, from beginning to ending and they have uh, you know of course played this album front to back that's uh, uh very very common with the concept albums like this and, and that would be my first question has have the three of you any of you three uh, seen this live the front to back uh in concert yeah, I saw, I saw it uh, back in the, the 90s on the, uh, it was the Empire Tour, um, and they played, they played the entire Mind Crime album, start to finish, and then segued into probably another good 45 to 60 minutes of Empire and various other, uh, other albums, and it was just you know, absolutely an amazing show all the way through. Yeah, and, you know... It We'll get into this later, but if you get the you know the deluxe box set and you know the live CD and the album, uh, 
at the Hammersmith Odeon, November 1990, is where that was played also in its entirety, uh, this complete album in, in order. Let's go on to the next song, instrumental. It's Anarchy uh, X. Uh, Aaron, anything on that one? Yeah, it's I mean, it's a great uh, great entry into the into the album. You know, it's got a lot of uh, you know, a nice sort of a march kind of a feel to it. Just gives it a lot of energy. Um, you know, has the the first of many guitar harmonies that are you know sprinkled throughout, and they always do really interesting things with their harmonies. And, and this is a, a great example of that. Anything else, Tom, on that? From a music perspective, um, no, I think that's the way I would have thought okay. too. It's it's got got a lot of different elements and everything. And um, as me as a bass player, um, I like different elements and how you know how it grooves and you know how how the song kind of you know takes off. And those, those are kind of things that I really make me you know like like a band songs now the next song is the first uh first song uh it's actually track number three is revolution calling what's your thoughts on this one here uh we'll go with aaron to start off with uh it, it's one of my favorites I mean, although I, I i will probably say that about many of you <laughs> yeah. favorite but i i love this song um has one of my one of my favorite solos on the album uh one of the it's actually one of the little one of the trickier uh, solos to play, but a lot of fun. Also, really uh, a lot of really interesting things happening rhythmically underneath the solo too, which is part of what uh, you know gives gives them a lot of their unique sounds. Rather than just sort of everything laying back behind the solo, they're doing lots of really interesting things. Some odd time signatures and syncopation uh, you've thrown in just to kind of keep things really interesting throughout. Yeah, and and one thing, uh, Andy, you may want to ch chime in here too yeah. as well. But this is not this is not everyday rock metal music. This is very, uh, it mentions here, very intelligent, artistically demanding music. This is tough to to pull off. Well, I said about this song too. I thought is, I mean, it goes right in their their first song. They're just head first in the deep end. Like you said, lots of different sounds. The music that not your basic '80s hair band rock and roll song. So they really throw it all out there right off the bat kind of grabs your attention like okay i gotta see where the rest of this is going even with uh, beth with the vocals as well and the music these this album yeah. is very yeah. um this isn't for the faint of heart if you will <laughs> no it's not for the I, entry I, with, level with, tribute band <laughs> no it's not and and you mentioned words metal and prog um, at the same time, and I think those are two elements as to why it's complicated, why you have to look high and low to find other Queensryche tribute bands out there to try right. and replicate this. We can get into that a little bit later about how this collection of individuals came together. But um, I will admit when I first listened to the album as, oh, I'm going to listen to this as, as, as an album I'm going to perform, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. Um, just... Just because, and it, and it, and I, I think because the timing is different. It's not verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, um, chorus till fade out. Um, there, there are different elements in here, and they are telling a story, much like any rock opera, like Tommy or, or, you know, any of that. Um, and and they are they aren't messing around. I mean, they went for it like twenty one twelve went for it. You know, it's 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 a, it's um, intense. 
And you're not going to see a lot of prog charting either. You know, in 88, prog metal and and it was prog and pop and and it, it was all of that. What I remember most is the the fans that I knew in in school. Uh, I graduated in '88, so there were there were hardcore Queensrÿche fans. And even reading through the comments on YouTube today of, of various of uh, the videos and the songs, they're all that same age. The people that locked in. There's not a lot of soft fans. Uh, the ones that are hardcore are all the way from back then um, to to now. I mean, these are. This is what I find very, very interesting. I myself was not a fan. I was listening to other things at the time, but as going through the story here and the topics and the lyrics, I certainly would find myself a fan uh, now because I'm following, uh, following these things uh, in, in social, uh, in society, these things we're dealing with right now uh, myself. Mm-hmm. Next song, song is Operation Mind Crime. And this gets into a little, I, I wouldn't say, well, I would say, you know, we were talking. MK Ultra kind of kind of things. We're talking this uh, hypnosis kinds of things, uh, reminiscent of uh, Sirhan Sirhan, RFK murder. This kinds of things, but in in a fictional uh, setting. What are your thoughts on this song? Who wants to go? I, I mean, I can I can start. You know, um, Doctor X, the man with the yes. cure. Um, Doctor X keeps Nikki in sort of a drug induced cloud haze. Um, so that he can fulfill the taking out of the um, operatives or taking out of the political figures. So, so he's already dependent in, and this is the doctor that's going to keep him sort of underhand um, to carry out the operation. So, um, so many, uh, it, it's, it's very dystopian. Um, but it, it, it gets into, hey, this is the main story now. We're talking about a revolution before. Now we're moving into um, how we're going to carry out that revolution, so to speak. So And how his character sort of gets pulled into the story. I don't know, Tom or Aaron, if you want to add to that. Yes, please. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um as far as like with the music, um, I, this is a song that really, it, the drums and the bass on it, it's got a really, really interesting groove. And it, it, it's, a, it's something that, you know, it, you have to be, you know, pretty tight. It, it's, you know, it's got this, you know, feel to it that, you know, makes, you know, want to you know, listen to the story but the music is also telling the story along with it. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah, interesting. How about your uh, yourself, Aaron? Um, yeah, I, I'm going to say it again and again. One of my favorites. <laughs> um, but yeah, just uh, a lot of you know, musically really interesting things happening through it. Uh, you get, uh, get get both of uh, uh, both Garmo and Wilton involved in the the lead section. So that's that's something I always really enjoy one of the things i love about the the the, the band themselves Queensrÿche, and and you know this band here having you know two really strong capable dual lead guitarists uh, that's always been the model that i've uh that i've found most appealing and you know it's really fun and exciting to, to you know to play that kind of music and play that with uh with the group that we've got together here yeah and he's talking uh in the uh, the personnel for the band it's michael wilton and chris DeGarmo, both uh, lead guitarists, uh, 
in the band uh, really make for a, a great sound the next song mm-hmm. is speak what's your thoughts on this one uh, uh, feel free it doesn't doesn't matter who who wants to speak to speak speak to speak Let's the timing go. on this one is crazy <laughs> yeah. oh, the timing yes. on this is kind of crazy um this is one that we haven't uh, we'll talk about what we're tackling currently and i think eventually we are going to do a cover to cover of this one for this i i think from a timing standpoint is the most intricate and and interesting now that's just as a vocalist you know maybe maybe tom and aaron and the rest of the crew are like oh no this is this is a breeze but i know mark ganji is like yeah this one is kind of weird timing wise and um again it's got that elements of you know we're trying to um assimilate into pop metal but at the same time we're we're telling you that we're into Prague <laughs> and, yeah. and so the time is just really wild. Um, I found with this album as with a lot of the Queensryche album, vocally, there's tons of layering, just like there's layering of guitars there. There's vocal layering where he's doing call and response to himself. I know that in live performances that I've actually been studying is um, DeGarmo is doing a lot of actually the harmonies um, where, you know, in, in live, they're either using tracks or, you know, a, a, or in the recording of of course, Tate is mimicking himself or recording over himself, but I've seen in some live um, where, where DeGarmo was doing not only lead guitar, but some vocals as well. And um, so, you know, with with weird timing and, and harmonizing guitars and layered vocals, um, you know, this is one of those that spoke to me as like, wow, this one's crazy hard. <laughs> but I can't I can't wait to tackle this one personally. Fun, fun. Uh, how about you, Tom? Oh boy! Speak. <laughs> um, I, I was, you know, yeah, um, put on. Um, yeah, I would. I w- I'm gonna agree with uh, Beth on that. That there's so there is a lot of layering. There is a lot of different, you know, elements in the song, and it is probably one of the harder ones vocally that I can hear. You know, um, yeah, you know, we have we haven't tackled that one, so I haven't really gone through it too much. Right now, musically, but I'm sure it, it like any Queen Drake song, it's going to be fun to play. How about you, Aaron? Yeah, it's also it's one that I haven't uh, I haven't dove into yet. I haven't I haven't learned that one myself. But it's it's with a lot of their songs, you know. In in some ways, you know, just as having listened to it many times, it seems one of their more straightforward songs. But with a lot of their uh, their their music, once you really get into trying to learn it and perfect it, you find lots of little nuances and wrinkles that uh, you know, perhaps you didn't really appreciate before that give it some of the, you know, some of their unique sound. Um, and so really na- nailing those details can can be one of the, the more time consuming elements of all, all this, even in some of their otherwise relatively straightforward songs. Now the next song is Spreading the Disease. Uh, what's your thoughts on that one, Aaron? So yeah, this is one that we uh, you know that we have uh, tackled uh, our, ourselves, and you know we'll have it in our in our sets uh, soon. And uh, well, actually, I guess we have done that uh, at some of the, the open mics. Um, yeah, it's a really cool song. Uh, you know, a little bit more uh, um, up tempo in parts, but also some in, some cool dynamics. You know, the the the, the breakdown uh, has a you know real interesting feel. Um, you know, rhythmically, that with percussion, additional percussion beyond just the standard drum kit that 
uh, really add a lot of uh, a lot of layers to the song. Uh, how about Tom? Um, it's one of my favorites way because the, the there are some really cool intricate uh bass lines in that song that pretty fast and it's really enjoyable to play so it's definitely one of my favorites that's fun and 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 for queens it's eddie jackson on bass and so uh yeah. another very talented uh, individual uh, for that one how about you beth uh for that song spreading the disease I, I love that one because I think it's um, vocally really chunky because I can go very, very low and then I can go very, very high. Um, and so we're tackling, too, with Dale, um, our, our backing vocals, um, doing some fun things, you know, with that. And, and, and I, I think the story is really within the song is really visceral about how Mary introduces herself into the equation um so for those who don't know in this story she's kind of like a street worker basically who becomes um taken in by the church and is part of the revolution so they call her sister mary i'm doubting that she's actually a nun but um but it's 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 about how she got involved and there's this really kind of gritty um and that's, I think, why the rhythm's really hot. It's gritty and dirty. And then in the middle, there's this sort of, I'll call it a prog rap breakdown, <laughs> um, where Dale and I are, you know, religion and sex are power plays. And it's, it is a, and kind of an 80s rap. So they've got this weird, you know, as Tom was talking about the intricate bass lines, and it's up tempo, as Aaron was speaking to, but then there's this really cool percussive breakdown that's almost like bongos but more electronic and then there's this whispered sort of chant um slash rap in the middle so it's got everything you could possibly want in this and it's like in your face and really up tempo so i i i i love this one if there was a queen's dancer song this might be it <laughs> in this album yeah the closest that the thing get and she mentions the uh, the percussion uh, on the album. It's Scott Rockenfield uh, does uh, is the drums and percussion and keyboard actually uh, at the very end. So that's that song. Then we get into the mission. Uh, Beth, do you want to start us off on that one? The mission. Yeah, we are working on that one right now. That's one of the okay. ones um, that we, we've got on our short list for work list. And the person who first suggested it was Aaron because it's one of Aaron's favorite songs. But um, it's 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 mournful, um, and it's got a lot of pad keys in it, so it kind of has this nice layer of sound, sort of continual through it and it's about nikki the main character's sort of struggle to fulfill his duties in the mission and they're telling him that this is going to save the world and he kind of knows it's wrong and and of course there's there's lots of beautiful um guitar work in there and so i'm going to toss it to aaron because this one's close to his heart yeah uh, you know for the i don't know what are we on song seven probably the seventh time yep. i said one of my favorites uh, but uh yeah this is one that i've i've really liked for a long time i've uh i've, I've played you know very i've never really learned it start to finish before but it's one of those you know the, the main riffs i've kind of played forever and so yeah it's definitely one that i push for us to, to add to our to our repertoire you know it's, it's a very dynamic song it starts off you know very you know with a very ballad feel, uh, clean, uh, clean guitars, then gets you know very heavy hitting, 
Um, the solos, you know, also very dynamic. It's very melodic, uh, but then it gets, uh, you know, has some some really articulate, faster runs towards the end, give it a more frantic feel to close things off. So that's like I said, it's, to me, it's one of the one of the the dynamics of the song is one of the things that really resonates with me. Anything else, uh, Tom? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> And now the next the next song is the longest song on the track. It's uh, Sweet Sister Mary. 10 minutes, 41 seconds on the album. Do you guys, I'm assuming you don't cover that, uh, but I don't know. Maybe you do. Yeah. Yet. Yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, at some point, and actually, well, we started off initially, our, our initial intention with all of this was to do the entire album start to finish. Um, and then we decided, well, let's be a little less ambitious to get things going. Um, but eventually we, we do intend to, you know, to, to play this entire album start to finish and, uh, and, and most certainly, you know, including Sweet Sister Mary, um, you know, it's just such an amazing song. Uh, you know, it's, it's another one that's just, you know, even more dynamic than the mission. It just has so many ebbs and flows, um, so many changes of mood, um, has a lot of production to it. You know, there's there's probably more layers to this than anything else. Um, so pulling this one off live will definitely be challenging, um, but you know, it, it's something that that I'm looking forward to. Now on tour, they brought in guest singer Pamela Moore uh, as yeah. Sister Mary. Yeah. You were there, uh, Aaron. Oh, what was that? How did she do? She did great. It was yeah, that was really one of the highlights of the show to be able to see them pull that song off again with all of the all of the extra bits and pieces that it has going to be able to pull that off live as well as it is on the on the album it was really incredibly impressive i would Excellent. i would hazard a guess and we haven't discussed this at all so i'm just we haven't discussed this um but that once we get to that we would pull in a guest singer as well and i think the three of us have our eyes on who that might be for that song oh, interesting um, okay you know because he helped us out before in february so it might be an interesting um nod to him helping us out with the first three th songs we ever performed in a very big hurry but he would have the the chops to take some lead and and you know i don't think you can perform this album without performing that song for some people this is their coup de gras this is the okay. thing so to say eh, we're not gonna do this we're not doing it out of the gate um because we need our catalog we need to firm up a catalog mm -hmm. um but then when we have that firmed we can go back and and add these things and and do it i know it's been tom's dream to do this front to back so we would want to i i think we would want to pull that individual in his name rhymes with jake um <laughs> that um you know w would maybe help us out on that song and i think he'd do great but well it being the middle song in the album too you kind of have to have that meat and potatoes in there you can't do yeah. the album but skip that song that you can't do that People would be mad. Yeah, that, that I mean, you can maybe miss one of the instrumentals, it'd be okay, but you miss that song, a 10 minute song, that's gonna be noticeable, you know? And Tom, what's your thoughts Tom, on that? Tom, do you have any uh, thoughts on it? That, no, yeah, last, last song on track one, a side one. It's, well, um, yeah, it's it's definitely gonna be a very song, but it's, you know, just like everything in on my 
time. To me, it's it's that whole story taken from the beginning to end, and it just it keeps building up each song, and it, it really brings out how that album was produced and written, and it's you know definitely everything has to be in there. Yep. Excellent. Side two begins with the song "The Needle Lies," uh, a reference here to the the heroin addiction uh, by Nikki. Who wants to cover that song? The Needle Lies. Any uh, any good commentary? Probably the there? most up tempo song on the album. Um, this is oh. one that we haven't gotten to yet either, but uh, you know, it has just such a you know such a driving, fast paced pulse to it. Um, you know, just very high energy song. So. Uh, that'll be a that'll be a really fun one to play. Less prog, more metal. Exactly. That, I mean, if if I were to say what that is, it's just yeah, it's almost in your punk. face. Metal. It's almost yeah. punk. Yeah. Yeah. Now the uh, sister Mary dies here. The next song is Electric Requiem, and this is uh, tying back into now uh, her departure. Uh, and who wants to cover that song from a, from a music or even a lyrical uh, perspective? The boys can cover it because there's really not much on on the uh, except Mary, yeah. Mary, yeah. <laughs> Mary dead. <laughs> it's kind of an instrumental, not really. Yeah, it's a one. Yeah, it's a one minute twenty two <laughs> seconds, uh, written by Scott Rockenfield. Uh, now the next song is is breaking the silence. Now this is a a good one. What do you have for this one? This is probably one of their more. Even even though this wasn't probably their biggest hit, but this is probably the most radio friendly in some ways, the most poppy uh, sounding of the the songs on the album, um, but still with plenty of interesting wrinkles. Uh, the solo section is really cool on this. There's a lot of uh, a lot of back and forth um, between the two two guitars. Um, you know, so if one one guitar will take the lead for a few bars, then it's all over to the other, back again, and so forth and you know that gives it a really uh, a really cool feel excellent excellent i'd say for a queen's novice of which of these gentlemen i would be out of the three of us i would be the least experienced in queen's once i looked into <laughs> the album i i found it when we were choosing our first things to tackle this was one of them because i have some pop sensibilities and so this kind of followed a more formulaic path that I could glom onto easily with before I went head heads first into the prog stuff. Um, this was much more, you know, as Aaron was saying, radio friendly in that it had just a, um, a pretty structured, uh, a well-structured um, song path that I was used to hearing on the radio. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, speaking of the uh, the radio, the next song, I Don't Believe in Love, was their second single from the album. I Don't Believe in Love. What are your thoughts on this one? Though? Aaron, what are your thoughts here? Uh, it's another classic. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's it, I, yeah, I'm not, not quite sure what, what to say about it specifically. Um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, again, a lot of really interesting... Um, interesting guitar work to it. Uh, nice, 
mix of clean and distorted guitars. Uh, you know, again, very uh, sort of quintessential Queensryche solo section with the harmonies at the tail end. Um, so in some ways, it's, you know, if you're going to give somebody one song to introduce them to Queensryche, this would probably be the yep. one that has sort of most of the hallmark elements of their of their sound. This was uh, nominated for Grammy 1990 for best metal performance. And so that would that would make sense. That would be your um, introductory song if you're introducing someone to the band. The next song is Waiting for 22. That's an instrumental. It's a minute, uh, five seconds long. Waiting for 22. Then the empty, My Empty Room, another short song. A minute 25, My Empty Room. And it, and it wraps up with Eyes of a Stranger, the very first single that was released. And so if we want to go through and cover those last three, uh, how would you put those uh, together as far as the meaning, songs, uh, music, and the style? Musically, I love the way that they just flow one into the next. You know, it just really gives a lot of cohesiveness to the to the story that's that's unfolding, and sort of a sort of an increasing urgency to the to the whole story. And you know, very moody pieces. Um, so those those are those are ones that I we haven't played as a band, but I've uh, that I, I've I've played uh, on my own and really enjoy. So. Uh, you know, the instrumental pieces, those will be really cool. And then, you know, leading into Eyes of, of, of a Stranger is, you know, another one of the just sort of the, the, the monster, I, I guess as much as Queen's Arts had a monster hit uh, other than Silent Lucidity, um, you know, this, you know, is one of their, one of their biggest and, you know, for good reason, you know, it's, it's, you know, really amazing song that also has a lot of interesting wrinkles and changes of feel and time, you know, um, a lot of a lot of just interesting dynamic elements to it and tom um you know this uh, the whole the story it's very complex with the well-developed storyline it is just um very very interesting what are your thoughts there on these last three songs and how it all ties it all together like i was saying before you know it, it kind of you know the whole story from the beginning to the end it's you know it kind of builds up until you know you know the instrumentals, you know, and everything, it just, it, it kind of gets that, it gives you that feeling of that, what they're kind of, you know, without even having words on some, it's, it may, you know, what's going to happen. It, there's like a feeling there. And then when you get into, you know, um, you know, Eyes of a Stranger, it, you know, it's that big ending song that really may, you know, takes the, or, you know, to, you know, you know what's what's about. Now, in, in two thousand three, it's, it's Nikki's descent into madness. It's, yes. it's a slow descent into madness until he doesn't even recognize himself. By eyes of a stranger, he's not even he doesn't even know himself at the end. I think that's yeah. what that's the feverish pitch that we're getting to is his descent into madness. Yeah, how do you guys like well the uh, on the bonus? Uh, my empty room the the live performance at the astoria astoria theater in london um was track number 17 on the reissue how did you guys like that uh, live performance i don't know if i've heard that to be honest andy have you on that when, bonus uh, on, uh, it's on the cd re-release in 2003. oh okay, gotcha. they added that the mission a live version of that one 
Um, which is really weird because a lot of these bands and albums when we do it, usually the the Japanese release has two extra songs on there. The European release has two extra songs, and they'll do something like this. I also want to backtrack the Eyes of a Stranger. The thing about that song is, you know, we talked about how they're all types of music. They're hair band, they're product, they're everything else. Eyes of a Stranger was not really a power ballad, not really a regular rock song. You know, it was kind of it was a little of everything in there too, which summed up the whole album perfectly. It was a little of everything. And it was a great song to be your first one out to get your attention for this album. Hey, I like the sound of this band. This is cool. I want to get this album. That song, you want to listen through it to get to it. So really, marketing-wise, mm-hmm. great first release, you know, to, to set up the whole story by releasing the finish first. Yeah, that's a six-minute, 39-second song. The last song on the album was their first single release. Uh, very interesting. Yeah, kind of bold uh, to release a seven-minute song as the first single, but it, it works. Yeah. And, yeah. and we talked about the genre, but here it's listed. Officially, it's heavy metal, progressive metal. Uh, length is 59 minutes, 14 seconds. Producer Peter Collins. Uh, what's your thoughts on, on Peter Collins' work on this album here? I'm not familiar with Peter Collins specifically, but the album sounds great. It's, you know, it's, as we mentioned a number of times, there's a lot of elements to it, a lot of layers, um, you know, a lot of harmonies vocally and guitars and synths and so much going on and for everything to be, to be able to, to be cohesive and to be able to hear the individual elements as, as well as you can, I think is, you know, it, it must've been a major challenge and, and, you know, they, Clearly did a great job with it. Yeah, because Peter Collins, he's worked with guys. He's worked with Rush, Billy Squire. Um, that makes Arnold sense. Cooper. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Janice Joppa, Tracy Allman, Brian Setzer, um, Suicidal Tendencies. So he's worked with a whole bunch of different bands, too. So okay. he's not one of those does only hard rock guys, you know. Some, some producers are that way. But he's a very good producer. He's done a lot with everybody. So I think his knowledge from these other groups in here really helped that a lot too. Not surprising other, that it worked with Rush. Yeah, that's not surprising. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a great sounding album. Just just you know uh, aesthetically, just the you know the, the the guitar tones, everything about it, I think is you know really holds up very well. It doesn't sound like an album that's at least to me it doesn't. Maybe it's because I've been listening to it for so many years, but. It, it still to this day doesn't sound like an album as as old as it is. You know, I, I read because uh, it couldn't be released today in today's format with Spotify and everything else. We could just release singles. You really can't do a concept album like this, I don't think, today. It'd be real hard to do. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, go ahead, Tom. Oh, um, yeah, I, I think that the, the entire album was excellently you know recorded and mastered i mean mastering was really good in my opinion um you know all the elements everything you can hear very clearly um you know nothing got buried too much in the mix i think so it was a very well produced album yeah, I think in today's world, it's you know it's uh, cited as uh, influential by Avenged Sevenfold. Even uh, really, what love this 
this album. That's all that I've got for the album. Andy, is there any more? Because I'm looking forward to getting into some details about the tribute band here. Andy, no, I've, I've got some questions for the band themselves. Oh, um, perfect, perfect. Nice segue into that. First yeah, go of all, ahead. I'm going to place the band on. Appreciate that. Some photos here. Um, now you guys got coming up here uh, next week or so. You're playing up in Duluth at Trip Fest. Um, have you, did you go up last yep. year, watch it, or have you seen these big tribute festival ones before? I was there last year, um, okay. just as a spectator. So I, okay. I kind of know it. And I think Aaron, you've played it before. I don't know. Um, we were. I was supposed yes, to I... play it a couple of years ago with uh, an Iron Maiden tribute that I'm that I'm in. Uh, unfortunately, lightning blew out the soundboard on the tribute stage uh, shortly before we were set to to get up there. So we didn't. Ultimately, we were there. Uh, didn't actually get to play, unfortunately. Uh, but I have been there enough to be able to check it out and you know be. You know, really, uh, you're really excited about the opportunity to play there. Uh, you know, coming up here real soon. A lot of networking. Yeah, I played the other bands. Oh, go ahead, Tom. I played there about three years ago with that Joan Jet uh, tribute, um, Cherry Bomb, on the main stage. So, oh. yeah, it's a, that was my. You guys do a lot of networking with other bands up there to kind of work with them when you get back to the cities or do other stuff with well the funny part is is that all of us that are already networked down here are going up there so okay. like, when we get there yeah. like 90 percent of the bands we all know everybody already so yeah. um the loop it's twin cities going up north you know yeah yeah we do we we know probably i looked at the lineup both stages we probably know at least 80 percent of the people playing there so it'll be fun Kind of a class reunion in a way. Now, wait, okay, exactly. Queensryche. I'll, I'll tell you, like I said before, when we said we're doing, we're doing this album, I heard it again for the first time. I heard it when it first came out. Then I went and did the whole college thing, and we won't get into that. <laughs> uh, hit those dark years where I got into country music and stuff. So so I came back to this now, listening again. Um but why did you pick Queensryche to be a band to, to, to cover? Because like we said, there's not many of them. Was that one reason why, or was it just true love of the band, that you all had this shared love for the band? Deferring to Tom. Oh, Tom Twelt. Well, I was uh, – me and Johnny Ramirez, a drummer, um, me and him are um, also in uh, Linkin Park tribute, and we were kind of thinking about, you know, another one that would be really great when we – you know, kind of pondered a whole bunch of different bands. And, you know, we both came up with uh, Queensryche. And then Beth actually was uh, performing some Queensryche stuff at the open jam that um, we do. And just her vocals was just like, oh, yeah, this is exactly um, what we should do. And Johnny agreed. And then, you know, asked um, Mark and Aaron if they were interested, they said yes. And then um, Beth asked Dale, you know, if he wanted to do it. And that, that's the band. And it's, you know, it's it's great bunch of musicians. Everyone is incredibly talented in this group. Yeah, for me, I mean, I've, I've loved this album from pretty much, you know, the, the very beginning. Just, you know, from, the, from when I first started playing, this was one of my uh, favorite albums. And so... You know, I had I had heard that there you know some some discussions of a uh, 
Queensryche tribute being put together. And so yeah, I immediately made it uh, made it known that this was something I'd be extremely interested in in doing. And yeah, it's just it's it's so much fun to play. Uh, it is challenging, and that's part of what makes it fun. Um, also, part of what makes it unique. It is, as was mentioned before, you know, it's not something that um, you know that just any old tribute can uh, can pull off. You know, so it's uh, you know it's uh, really kind of a special opportunity to be able to uh, play this kind of music and 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 do it well. Yeah, yeah I, go ahead. I, well, I was going to say um, if you if you you know, if somebody says, oh, what bands are you in? You know, we talk about our bands, we're in multiple bands. Yeah. And I say, I'm in a Queensryche tribute. People like stop what they're doing. They just go, whoa, whoa, mm -hmm. is usually what they, what comes out of their mouths because they, if they're a musician of any note, they know this is really hard stuff and um, challenging work, which I think is why we're all interested in it, because it is challenging. And and um, I had performed the one song somebody had asked me to perform it. And I'm like, okay, that's, I don't believe in love is one of the two or three um, Queensryche songs that I had been personally familiar with. And so when Tom had asked me, I'll, I'll to be honest with you, I was terrified. I'm like, oh my God, can I even do this? <laughs> stuff and then I, I heard all the layering and then I'm like wow this is complicated and um after thinking about it for a while I'm like but why not this this would make it appealing if we could actually pull it off and so I think I think people will be interested in seeing us um some because they are Queensryche fans either new fans or established fans and are really into it and want to see us do it right um but there will be a lot of curiosity seekers I I think as well to just go can somebody actually pull this off and well, so that's kind of fun too yeah you don't see a lot of Queensryche songs at karaoke night you know so but also a lot of these songs are thinking you play them people go oh yeah that's who's saying that you know mm -hmm. that's that I said they're kind of an under the radar band a little bit because there's not a lot of cover bands for them. Um, a couple of songs you see aren't re really used a lot in modern movies or Guitar Hero or anything like that. So again, kind of reintroducing the sound is really neat. Again, though, you guys are really biting off a lot here, man. Like we talked about this album alone, different la layering for the vocals. Holy cow! Good luck on that. Um, <laughs> you say you have a, a, a idea of who's going to help out with that. Do any of the guys help out with that in practice? Who do you guys kind of just take turns? Who does the echoing part in practice, or do you have a? Ah, oh, uh, so well, and and the only people who have microphones are me and Tom and Dale. And the funny part about that is we had somebody we we needed a minimum one person to help out because the harmonies, just like harmonizing guitars make the Queensryche right. sound, so too do harmonizing vocals. Um, make a very specific Queensryche sound. And we were looking and we, we had somebody helping us out, but he had other commitments um, that wouldn't make him available for this. And my Sugar Buzz bandmate, so I'm in a band called Sugar Buzz, and he's like, well, why don't I do it? And I'm like, well, you're a bassist. Like, what, what do you know? <laughs> and, um, what do you know about no, I, I know some keyboards and I, I think I can do the high falsettos. I just have to work on it. And so I kind of said, all right, you know, we'll, we'll give you a shot. And because you really are looking for kind of a unicorn in that where you need somebody for some keys. And it's not a lot of key solos, but be able to know the notes and what they're doing. And then to be able to hit high notes above that, especially. And sometimes he and I trade off. Um, 
but um, he's been working on it and he's, he's, he's doing well. So I think people will be surprised. I was surprised. <laughs> I was surprised. I'm like, they you for sure. Well, well, you get a few dozen people to choose from in Duluth when you're up there, if you pull the song off who to help you out, you got a few different volunteers, I bet. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Well, you don't want to let them all on stage. Yeah, but you don't. yeah, yeah. But, but a lot of them don't want to do that high falsetto and that's really what's required in in many of this is is the super high falsetto harmonizing and be able to pick out and work on the note so we we do practices like i know aaron and mark i'm pointing at them as if they're up there aaron's up here and my camera thing you just kind of point over (laughs) i'm just everywhere um i know that um aaron and mark have guitar practices where they're working on things and i think tom's getting um inserted into some of those and then dale and i have vocal practices where we actually sit and write the lyrics out we're writing on the keyboard okay you're taking this one i'm taking this one here's where you come in so before we have rehearsals together we do have rehearsals apart um because there's a lot of refinement that has to happen we don't just show up and throw up well that's well it's like a sports team the quarterback and wide receiver throw before they put the offensive line in there for a game so same sort of progress or point there um, with it being Queensryche, again, not a lot of uh, pop, or not, uh, notoriety for that out there. When you find other bands to tour with, are they kind of like, oh, never heard of a Queensryche. Are they, are they kind of like, we got to see this, see how it pulls off? I mean, you, you want to watch the other bands you're with too, but are they kind of like watching as students to see how it's done? We'll tell you when we have a few more gigs. Yeah, we're still <laughs> in, in the process. In the so yeah, shows, yeah. Great we did, I mean, we did play at a uh, uh, a tribute uh, for for John Scott, the the late lighting uh, guru at uh, at Route Forty Seven. Uh, we we did a, a short fifteen minute set there, and was it March or February? April, but, uh, end of April, we did uh, another one. And you know, so there were a number of other bands that were part of that, and we got a lot of great feedback from both the general audience as well as the you know the members of the other bands that were that were performing there. Yeah. So you know, they it seems to be really really warmly, really positively received, and so all of that's been an extremely encouraging. No. Well, I'll go ahead. Everybody's in other bands, of course. When you're with your other band, do they ever, do you ever go down going, hey, my other band, we're working on this, and ask for advice from each other? Or... No. <laughs> we, we keep sugar buzz and sugar buzz, and you keep queens as queens, right? Yeah. The, the genres are just so different for my yeah. bands. I don't know, Tom, your bands may be closer. Yeah, I. I mean, um, I play in um, um, all 80s kind of, you know, rock band, Calacy the Loud. And so, you know, they, they're kind of like, they like their 80s stuff, you know, which, you know, Queen's Drake sort of is. And, um, but that would be just too technical for the, those guys, <laughs> I think. And my other my other band is an Iron Maiden tribute band, uh, Peace of Mind. We've been on on hiatus for most of the last year, so the in the time that the, this band has has come around, we haven't really uh, gotten together. But in the past, we have, and just in during rehearsals with that band, we have played some of you know a, few, a couple of Queensrÿche songs, we've done Revolution Calling and a little bit of the Mission and and so forth. Um, but you know, yeah, never never anything to to this extent. Now you no, mentioned the, you're uh, like a loud. Um, I've seen them before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Medina, Medina, very good venue out there, Medina. 
Um, we're out here west. Any chance of you guys playing Medina or anything out west here more? You ever? Uh, hopefully, we're, hopefully we're going to be able to play lots of different places. So, um, you know, once kind of things kind of get going here and rolling, I think I think it'll be. I think this is going to be real good. I think a lot of people are going to talk about this and wanting to come see it. So hopefully we can play all sorts of different places, do a lot of different festivals um, next year. And, you know, I think, I think it's going to be a great thing. Yeah. I know we saw, this uh, time I went down at uh, music city down there in St. Paul. He's done a couple down there, uh, twin city fest, and he's had different bands. Sure, down there. That was really cool. See, Confessed to me. I'm sorry. So that's pretty cool. But you know, good luck to you guys coming up. You got you know you got Duluth coming up in a couple weeks. Any other dates you want to throw out there or plug out there or plug your your Facebook pages and stuff? Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Am I still there? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yes, you're still you're there. Back. Okay. Yep. Yes, I'm back. Um. Yeah, we have some other shows. We have and we are partnering with our friends that you just interviewed, uh, yeah. Motley, Motley Six. Um, at Jersey's October 21st with along with Tom's other band, The Hybrid Theory, which is the Lincoln Park tribute band. And then October, or let's see, that was October 21st. Then December 2nd, we'll yep. be up at the Max with Motley Six as well. And we're actually working. Oh, lost her. Oh, you lost. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like to throw in a little tidbit actually. Um, yeah. Back during Minecraft, I actually got to hang out with Queensryche and the hotel okay. for a few hours. Uh, the gal I was in high school with and senior, she was the head of the Midwest um, fan club for Queensryche. And she knew Michael and his wife really well. And they got us uh, to the hotel hang out with them for a few hours. Oh, awesome. So Very nice. They were they're great. Great bunch. It was mostly uh, Michael, uh, Eddie, and Scott. It, it, um, Chris was no, nowhere to be seen, and Jeff Tate was on the couple windows. You know. <laughs> I was going to ask if you'd ever met any of the guys from the band before, so that's what was kind of neat. Yes. Did you tell them you were – I mean, say you had a chance to meet them again because you didn't have the band at the time mm -hmm. before. Would you mention that you're in a tribute right. band, or would you just kind of be like – Oh my God! It's you know Jeff Tate, or you know. Oh heck, I'd mess and you know mention it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because we've talked to other guys. They've said like, we've mentioned we're guys from Def Legend. Uh, he said he met mm -hmm. um, Phil Collins, and Phil's like, "Oh, that's cool. That's, hey, that's great." You know, he was totally happy with it. You know, very yeah, impressed. Yeah, seems like so, most artists are yeah. pretty uh, pretty flattered and supportive of. Uh, of bands that are doing covers and full out full on tributes and uh yeah it'd be yeah. it'd be great to hear what uh what any of the folks from queens right have have to say well hopefully i know some of us will be at um where is it in hinkley when queens is here Oh, okay. September 8th, Queensryche will be here. Of course, different, you know, some, somewhat of a different lineup, but I know a few of us are going there, so maybe we'll wear our shirts. Now, um, there you I'm go. showing on the screen here the upcoming shows Beth was talking about before. If you mm -hmm. were to go through those again, Beth, uh, they're coming yeah. up here starting next week, but go through that list. It's pretty yes. important gigs. 
Yes, Friday, August 25th is Tribute Fest and a bunch of other bands were the 7 p.m. band on the Bent Paddle stage. Saturday, October 21st at Jersey's in Invergrove Heights again with the Hybrid Theory and Motley Six. Hello, you bands. And then Saturday, December 2nd at the Max Bar uh, up in Ham Lake with Motley Six. And and as I said before, I was so rudely cut off by technology. Um, we are working on some stuff for next year we can't say much about it yet but there is you know to Aaron and Tom's point there was such um, lovely interest in a band like ours because we are unique and so we are hoping to partner with other um, tribute bands we typically partner with each other you know to put on two 90-minute set shows so we can give something for everyone but we're working on our catalog so we're really excited that's good that's great news we can reshare it too so yeah you wanted to ask this question, but I'm going to ask it uh, for the both of us. We love the logo. Now, how did that come about? The logo for you guys. Oh. So awesome. Eric Bulo, <laughs> who is the drummer in Gel, is okay. also a graphic artist. And Boy, that is a sweet-looking logo. Love it. It is, it, it's, it's, it is sweet. We've got our, our own T-shirt kind of thing going on, but... Um, yeah, he, he did a bang up job on that. And, and we have many thanks to him and um, say hello to him. Yep. We all met at the jams at the open jams. So, um, you know, we make wonderful connections that way. And um, and I know a lot of people from my other band want to see Ken Beth do metal. And that's that's kind of a, a, a weird thing. So, so we're going to give that a try. Uh, anything else, Andy? No, again, just you know, thanks for being on. Um, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. It's not we're not that bad. <laughs> you know, we're learning too, so you know. Yeah, once again, this is Queen, uh, Queens of the Reich, and this is uh, we're having on the show tonight Beth, Tom, and Aaron from the band. Uh, there's three others not uh, with us here tonight, but a great interview with you guys. Glad to have you on the show. An excellent album, and look forward to seeing you guys what, on stage. What is your social media handles if you want to give that out for the band? Yes. Yeah. Um, we are Queen of the Reich on Facebook. Um, on Instagram, it's Queen of the Reich, but there's underscores between the words. Um, and we also have a YouTube channel, so just look us up there or hit us, any one of us up, because we'll probably be shamelessly promoting night and day on our own personal pages if we're doing it right. right. So. We'll have the information on our in the description section uh, of the show. Yeah. Well, good luck All next right. week. Have a, have a blast up there. Uh, look forward to seeing you guys live. But thanks again yes. for coming on the show with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank yeah. you. That'd be great. Thank you for being on. All right. See you guys.